welcome to episode seven of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. This is normally the part where I would say something funny to try to make Adam laugh, but I forgot to write it before we started recording. So I'm going to say this, and we can say that this is funny. What's going on, man? Um, hey, I'm Adam. Uh, I'm part of this podcast, too. I'm the guy he likes to make laugh. Uh, and uh, welcome to the uh, number one podcast for old people fans. <laughs> That was almost uh, water shooting out my nose, so you know. <laughs> this is all your fault! <laughs> We're going to ruin the uh, equipment <laughs> this episode. I had to spray seltzer water out my nose over the laptop, the microphone, and the podcasting board. Hey, if the audio somehow recorded and we could sample it for a later episode, like, <laughs> can you sample the sound of sparking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can. Yeah, probably. Oh, so how has your week been since uh, since we recorded episode six? Oh, God, I went back to work <laughs> and immediately I felt like I was dying. <laughs> it completely undid the massage. For oh, the no. most. I've got another one coming up and, you know, I just got to work smarter. Don't work hard. Work smart. Wait, what? <laughs> don't work. Don't work. Don't hard. work. Don't work. <laughs> <laughs> the lesson is don't work. Become a podcaster. That's the goal. Yes, this is the goal, actually. You hear that? <laughs> Listeners start sending us money in unmarked, unmarked bags. This is the, the laziest scheme to become millionaires. <laughs> Podcasting and robbery. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I Last week, I told embarrassing stories about me at the grocery store, and I was at the grocery store again today, and I had another interaction with an old lady. I was looking at the butter because I was low. <laughs> I looked at it. And I dashed out and grabbed one, and then it wasn't what I wanted, and I dashed back to the other side of the aisle, and I was like, sorry to get in your way, ma'am. And she's like, oh, I'm jumping around everywhere, too. And <laughs> I don't know if that was as funny as Reese's Pieces, but I always cherish my my interactions with uh, old ladies at the grocery store, so. So there's that. So there's that. So what the hell did we watch for this week? Today we watched the, the shorts, uh... Mama trauma. Well, first we watched Grandpa's Teeth. Yep. <laughs> Don't let me get ahead of myself. We watched Grandpa's <laughs> Teeth and Mama trauma. Yes, both really good episodes, uh, especially Grandpa's Teeth. Maybe, maybe the best. I don't know. It's probably my favorite of season one, as I mentioned before. I I love it. It's you said it's kind of. Did you say you think it sort of establishes the formula of Rugrats? Well, or I think maybe I think maybe I said that, but really what I meant to say was that it's the first episode that felt like the a standard Rugrats episode. Um, so in that it actually wasn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was setting the standard. Maybe, maybe that's it. Or do you mean like Oh 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 I, I just meant that this type of episode is kind of what the what episode later episodes feel like, but maybe okay. not quite as good. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. It's got it all. Tell us about it. Give us that synopsis. When Grandpa Lou takes out his dentures to eat some potato salad, Spike decides to take them for a spin around the park. As the power of the teeth becomes apparent, they fall into the clutches of an evil goose. Tommy and Chucky <laughs> must defeat the goose and win back the teeth, or the veteran's picnic will be ruined. A true, uh, this episode is a true battle between good and evil. Good being the babies and a dog, and evil being a horde of evil ducks slash geese. They, they call them ducks, but, but they're geese. They're, all, yeah. they're honking everywhere. Honk! <laughs> We're gonna do that a million times this episode. Honk! 
<laughs> Especially when the teeth come into play. <laughs> I, I I love this episode so much. So we open on uh, Tommy and Chucky's ref- d- reflection in uh, Lou's trumpet. Uh, that's a nice little opening animation slash shot. Yeah, I, I love when they do things like that. <laughs> Just mm. the, the babies sitting and they look so happy to be listening to him play trumpet. Doesn't Grandpa Blue's trumpet good? Yeah! He sounds even better to the cold! <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorite Rugrats lines. <laughs> it's it's a great line, and also the implications behind it. Like, do the <laughs> Chucky hasn't heard too many horns in his life. <laughs> he thought a car horn was the best and, until this point. And he's normally so afraid of everything. Like the, when he's when he's in the car with Chaz, like does Chaz honk the horn at like an old lady in the way on the street or something? And then Chucky just starts laughing. <laughs> he just loves the sound. I don't. I don't imagine Chaz being that aggressive. No, but... I don't either. <laughs> Honking at old ladies. <laughs> But we wouldn't know that yet, since he's not really a character. No, he still hasn't even spoken yet. He's just been a background character. Oh, speaking of which, the uh, character that design that's hanging out with him in Barbecue Story is in this episode for a couple of frames listening to the uh, band play. Whoa, which one? The uh, the lady with the hair. That oh, was yeah, also... yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why my mind just went like completely blank and I forgot we were talking about Chaz. I was thinking about Grandpa Lou again. I was like, what the hell is he <laughs> talking about? Yeah, I did notice that. Uh, <laughs> uh, age is a terrible thing. I'm losing it over here, which is why I appreciate the elderly characters on the show more and more. But yeah, we see that it's the Vets of 1945 picnic for for the veterans of international wars, not the VFW, the (laughs) VIW. Do you think this is supposed to be Veterans Day? I would assume something like that, like or Memorial Day or so. Grandpa Lou has his new dentures um, and he's playing uh, his trumpet magnificently. But apparently when you get dentures, you just want to take them out so that you can eat food with only your gums. You know, I'm imagining eating Jello without my teeth, and it does really. I think it would feel really good. <laughs> uh, I I was watching that, and I was thinking back to our to our despicable college days of drunken tomfoolery, and whenever we'd be offered Jello shots, what would that be like without teeth? <laughs> really good, <laughs> really good. <laughs> A ringing endorsement. Uh, and I recommend what's Jello that? shots without teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so after this episode's recorded, Adam's gonna pull his out so we can have cello shots. I, I do get that. It must be like a textural thing, and because he, he also wants the potato salad. Do you remember how good it felt when you were a kid and like a tooth that was loose finally came out? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Now imagine that with all your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know you're really old. You pull on them enough, they fall out. Your teeth are only there to cause you pain. <laughs> <laughs> or pain in others, depending on your biting skills. But anyway, they don't want him to take his teeth out because no, uh, after last time, after last time where it ended up in the spaghetti sauce, uh, <laughs> it wasn't the spaghetti by... sauce. It was the Jello mold, and you knocked him in there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now I'm telling his side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that both happened. Like the spaghetti <laughs> sauce thing was a thing that like Stu and Drew were not aware of. <laughs> I love I love that after they they yell at Pop to not take his teeth out, 
they're like, Drew's like scolding him like a child. He's like, just do us all a favor, Pop, and keep him in your mouth until you're home. <laughs> like he scolds him worse than fucking Angelica. Yeah, they're pricks sometimes. Speaking of which, it's interesting that Angelica's not there, but Drew is. That That is weird, because Angelica's my granddaughter, too. <laughs> <laughs> she took the Kingfisher 9000. They just didn't have any room for her in this action-packed episode. Yeah, it's probably a writing thing. Like, she couldn't be riding on Spike, and who knows what the ducks would do. What she would do to the ducks. I love the horrified looks the babies get whenever he takes his teeth out. <laughs> it's like a, somewhere between a mixture of complete and utter amazement and, like, horror. <laughs> and then they're happy. They're thinking about how good it would be without teeth, like me. <laughs> Tell me something. Are you... How do you feel about potato salad? I don't like it, really. <laughs> yeah, any anything that's, like, mayonnaise-based has, like, zero yeah. appeal for me. Yeah, exactly. That's how I, I've always felt that way. Tuna salad, no thank you. Ugh, pasta had, salad. Like, I've had, like, German potato salad where it's more of a vinaigrette-based. Or not say, a vinaigrette, but a vinegar-based. Vinegar uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it a sauce, but... Yeah, but it's with vinegar yeah. as opposed to uh, mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, vinegar is actually good. Mayonnaise is just, like, what's the point? <laughs> Listen out there in, in listener land. If you like mayonnaise, comment on this episode on Twitter or one of our other social media platforms and tell us why the hell you actually like it. Maybe if you squirt um, some sriracha in it, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It probably just adds like a little creaminess, uh, a little wetness to Moisture, the yeah. to the meal. Yeah. I mean, but there there are people out there whose favorite condiment is mayonnaise. This is this is the thing I have heard people say. I bet you that's John's favorite condiment. <laughs> John, are you listening? Tell us if mayonnaise is indeed your favorite condiment. He hasn't said a word to us since we started. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. And we have a group chat. He's I think <laughs> at first he said like he was going to download it and then he's never said another thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's already tired of us bullying him. <laughs> Let's talk about how great John is later. <laughs> okay. Well, he's I'll just give you a hint. He's very tall. <laughs> So we get uh, another great in-the-mouth shot in this episode as Pop is eating the potato salad. <laughs> Probably the grossest one. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's potato salad. Yeah, not because of any eating or anything. So Spike comes in and he takes one that looks like a barbecue rib or something. Well, first he takes the teeth. <laughs> I love how perfectly these teeth seemingly fit in everyone's mouth. They're the perfect teeth, and that's why you can play trumpet so good with them. <laughs> and they fit Spike's mouth perfectly, and he takes the barbecue rib and runs off. They put Spike on a leash. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He's just like running around like a wild animal. Yeah, running around the park almost getting killed by geese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a goose could kill a dog, but... <laughs> Probably not, but... Do you, do you uh, I'm going to go on a little sidetrack here and go to a story that I, I want to get out before I forget that you just reminded me of. Do you remember the last summer that I lived at our undergrad school and we went for a walk and we went to the town nearby and we passed by this house. There was like four or five of us walking and in the person's yard, which is like the first house over from the river, there were like 10 huge geese. And, like, I thought they were statues. 
And I was like, look at all these geese statues. And you're like, dude, those are real geese. And I'm like, no, they're not. No, because they're just like <laughs> sitting there completely still. And <laughs> we're walking around at like midnight or something. And I turn and I go, honk. And like <laughs> 10 huge geese, all of their heads turn and look at me. <laughs> we could have had a fucking repeat of this episode of fucking Rugrats on our hands. I remember uh, another friend of ours. uh <laughs> I don't know if this was the same time, but was talking about how one of the geese had balls on its neck. <laughs> <laughs> so also we get another case of something I mentioned last week. Uh, Spike's character music that <laughs> as he's going up to grab the barbecue rib. That's that, uh, the music that denotes an animal doing things for animal motivations. <laughs> <laughs> dog motivations we get another dog. evil dog in this episode too this one's buff as hell it's not as ugly as the disgusting <laughs> dog which is a disappointment no but it's very evil and muscular muscular dog <laughs> muscles equal evil <laughs> also the red eyes <laughs> red eyes denote evil <laughs> and it's growling at spike and spike is actually afraid and is gonna give up this rib and opens his mouth and the dog sees fucking dentures <laughs> holding the rib and immediately it doesn't run it just kind of like looks over his shoulder and like sheepishly scared walks away <laughs> human teeth are the scariest teeth <laughs> i love back at the uh at the picnic they're looking for pop's teeth and it's like hey where's my teeth <laughs> <laughs> then the, there's the other vet looking in and he looks like he's going to vomit whenever they show, like, another classic Rugrats staple of a close-up on some kind of glop going... Yeah, and uh, then Stu rolls up his sleeve, and <laughs> I like to think of this as the opposite of Jello in a toothless mouth. <laughs> the completely horrible feeling of going elbow deep in potato salad. <laughs> Did you notice? As Stu is going to reach in, he closes his eyes. <laughs> He's like, he like rolls up his sleeve, starts reaching, and as his arm goes lower, his eyes slowly close. So good. You know it's cold and disgusting in there. <laughs> Ugh, mayonnaise all over your arm. You know it's gonna dry in your arm hair. Ah, <laughs> wonder where he cleaned it. Maybe in the duck pond. <laughs> he got Spike to come lick his arms. Probably. I mean, there's probably other dogs wandering around, considering they're just letting Spike run around. <laughs> and uh, the babies know the babies notice what's going on. Tommy quickly lists all the reasons that Grandpa's Grandpa Lou is the best. When I get sick, who takes care of me? Grandpa. When no one else wants to play, who plays with me? Grandpa. When I sneak out of my room late at night, who's sleeping with a TV on so I can watch it? Grandpa. Right. He's the neatest grown-up there is. And now he needs us. We gotta help him. What do you say? Maybe your grandpa will grow some new teeth. Let's go. <laughs> That's the best reason. Honestly, <laughs> the negligent parents. Uh. They, they like spend like <clears throat> five minutes with, you know, even if your kids are in a playpen, you gotta be like nearby. <laughs> I mean, you would think, but I mean, even that doesn't work because they, Stu because comes they up from be the basement. Like a good children's movie. What's that? They might be watching a good children's movie or something. <laughs> so yeah, Tommy, uh, another one of his planted screwdrivers is under the like <laughs> mat corner in the playpen, and there's a great shot after he unlocks it, like as the wall of the pen collapses, and they're standing. It's a low angle looking up at Tommy and Chucky. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how this playpen works. Either. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the hero shot. Oh, there's... <laughs> Whenever they're looking for Grandpa's teeth, Titi says, How far could they have gone? Who would want them? <laughs> like the most disgusted tone in her voice. A dozen different animals. <laughs> <laughs> A dog, an evil goose. <laughs> I love how after all of this, he quickly just... And, and after they've been laying in the dirt and everything and in baby clutches, he, it ends up just putting them right in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he... he for <laughs> well, You he mean get, when he, he gets them back? Them water. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, the, the best part is it's it's the conductor of the, the that orchestra's water glass next to his pitcher. It's not even the pitcher of water. It's like his drinking glass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they go to look for Spike because they see Spike take the teeth. And there's a really great shot of them like starting in shadows and then coming into the light, walking down the path. Yeah. I really like that shot. I really shot. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and they find a Spike about to bury the rib. And that's when the geese come in. <laughs> I wish I could make the sounds of whatever fucking instruments that Mark Mothersbaugh uses. <laughs> he uses like a, I, I watched like a little video he did on YouTube and he uses like all these weird ass synthesizers. Are they like that, uh, specific synthesizers or does he like sample stuff? Both? I, I think like, I don't know. He kind of has like a, almost like a museum of them. And whenever he gets, you know, different uh, synthesizers, he just yeah. likes to play around with them. And okay. a, a lot of them have a really weird ways to program the sound and uh i don't remember any specifics to them but that was a really cool uh video to watch you said so it's go on, on YouTube? youtube yeah it's on youtube that's interesting because we constantly talk about how good the music is in this season and there's little hints of stuff like all the little weird sounds in later seasons but not like this where everything is just bizarre I remember like uh, a little vignette that I saw uh, probably like 20 years ago and I couldn't find it. That's what I was looking for when I found that video on YouTube mm -hmm. where he had like these weird like custom made string instruments where it would just have one string and then you'd bend it to get uh, all kinds of weird sounds. But I, I can't find it. I wish I could find it that I want to see that again. We do. We will share it for the millions of people that have listened to this podcast so far. <laughs> Back to the Back geese. Back to the ducks. Duck geese. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love that they they find Spike. They're ready to like go back, and they turn around. There's just a gang of them, <laughs> <laughs> and Spike but growls at them, and they all run except for the leader, except for the evil one, <laughs> <laughs> the evil goose. He looks at the teeth and is like. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> As Spike barks, the teeth fall out, and the evil goose uh, does what any logical being would do and put them in his, puts them in its mouth. <laughs> the shot of the goose with the teeth in his mouth, it, it reminds me of, you remember the episode of The Simpsons where Bart puts in Grandpa's teeth, <laughs> puts Grandpa's teeth in his mouth, and he goes, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> it makes that same face. Uh, was that an early season of The Simpsons, too? I, I believe it's season four. I, okay. I, it's one where they go to the parent-teacher conference. Uh, it's, it's uh what the itchy and scratchy movie episode actually. Okay. So yeah, the 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 lead goose is emboldened even further because of the fact that it now has a full set of chompers in its mouth. <laughs> and when it opens its mouth, it honks for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as a little aside, this is the first episode we've done where the 
episode artwork was done before the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and possibly the sh- episode's title, too. Yeah, that's definitely going to be the episode's title. Okay. Uh, which you know if you're listening wait. to this right now, the title is... <laughs> <laughs> I should note also, when you sent that artwork to me, I was sitting on the toilet at work. <laughs> I think it was at work, but I was definitely on the toilet, so it made it even funnier. <laughs> oh, man, I just I just love when I have little inspira- inspirations like that. I'm like... <laughs> You're, you've been fucking killing it since episode one with the artwork. I don't even know how to do it. I, I just, <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was doing with the first, with the uh, original podcast logo. Yeah. I just kept trying things and trying <laughs> things, and then it came together to this nightmare image of <laughs> just perfect. do outline inside the title logo. <laughs> Also, shout out, uh, by the point that, by the time we've recorded this, uh, our new logo will have been posted online by artist Carly Strauss, uh, carlystraussartist.com for some of her other work to buy prints, and she makes a whole bunch of shit. She did an incredible job uh, <laughs> of making us into some kind of <laughs> mashup of you and I and Drew and Stu. <laughs> yeah i mean i didn't know what to expect with that artwork no. I, I i was like i was like well you know maybe it would end up being lame if we were john like classy chupo characters and then you send that to me and it's perfect like, <laughs> i no complaints whatsoever i i'm really really happy you liked it as much as i did like she i, I think she asked me like two questions i said like make us adults and and she's like how do you feel about having a flannel shirt or something like that. <laughs> like, like, okay, that's fine. I wear flannel shirts a lot. And I mentioned about you wearing a lab coat. And then she's like, I'll just make it a button up. But <laughs> but it 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 uh she just did a great job. And hopefully that's the first of many more <laughs> logos. Yeah. Yeah. As we go on, as yeah. we move through this series and yeah. other series. Yes. Oh man, can you imagine if we were Doug characters? Oh I can't wait for that. <laughs> I wouldn't be like that, uh that weird one with the puffy hair and the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> one of Roger's gang. Yeah, one of Roger's gang. Is his name Stinky? Hey Arnold, there's a Stinky. I don't remember what that kid's name is. Or is Stinky Roger's cat? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> this is in- this is interesting podcast. Yeah, this is interesting podcast. We're totally on the ball tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh anyway, back to back to the episode. Uh, so the goose gets the teeth and immediately what he charges <laughs> spike and tommy get out of the way and <laughs> chucky oh, nice ducky. <laughs> when tommy when the goose honks he goes Run! <laughs> and the goose uh, chucky ends up on the back of the goose with his head by its ass and uh the stampede begins and this is this is another great example of escalation like it's one if it was just Tommy ride it, riding Spike trying to get Chucky off the back of this goose, it would be hilarious. <laughs> but then we involve an entire flock of geese. Uh, we involve a herd of elderly ponies. There's some old people playing shuffleboard. <laughs> it just builds and builds. Oh, man, I love the uh, <laughs> that saggy voice or saggy cheeked kid at the pony farm. <laughs> you went too <laughs> fast. <laughs> and then when, whenever they're in the stampede and the uh, <laughs> the horse jumps over the hedge and he's like, cool horse. 
Yes, Dad. <laughs> Him and his dad. Another example of someone being like out of control and just yelling "whoa" in Rugrats, and and there's perhaps one of the best shots in the perhaps the best shot not involving a, a shot with a goose with teeth in its mouth. As the stampede is in the background, all the smokes up. There's horses, geese, uh, everything, <laughs> and Tommy's like it pans over and Tommy's in the foreground up on a hill and Spike's back like the hero shot oh, yeah. before he rides down the hill to rescue Chucky and. Then, <laughs> Even if it were realistic for Tommy to be riding on the back of a dog with any kind of skill, like, he'd be in so much danger with all these fucking horses stampeding. <laughs> like, <laughs> the old people on the shuffleboard court. There's some horses are coming! <laughs> I wish I could do that voice. <laughs> some good drawings and voices for these old people. That's one of the, the, probably the best old person voice on this show other than Lou. I said there's some horses are coming! <laughs> There's another good old guy voice in the next segment, too. Yes. <laughs> another grizzled worker person. I like whenever uh, the teeth finally get knocked out of the duck's mouth in the shot of Tommy scooping them up. And then <laughs> he comes to scoop up Chucky, too. And he's yeah. like super huge compared to Chucky. <laughs> And, like, Chucky's not even scared. He's like, no, hell yeah. <laughs> this is cool. At this point, the adrenaline has taken hold. <laughs> and this is better than a duck. <laughs> but, but, the question is, is it better than a car horn? <laughs> so then it's, uh, it's a race against time back to the, the gazebo where the veterans band is playing. Lou could, is playing uh, what could charitably described as free jazz. <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. top of the American anthem. <laughs> They're starting, Chucky. Uh oh. I, I don't. I don't know if it's true whether or not you can play trumpet if you don't have teeth. <laughs> but it makes for a great, if not the best, episode of Rugrats. Uh, <laughs> and there's the moments where he's screwing up and he turns to the guy next to him and he goes, I love my feet. And the guy just shrugs. <laughs> like, what you gonna do? <laughs> it could also be that he can't hear him. Yeah. Over to- I mean, you would assume over top of the band, but... So yeah, they, uh, they're racing back. The race against time to get Grandpa Lou's teeth. And there's the army of evil geese again. The leader wants his teeth back. <laughs> you think this geese wants the teeth because geese to eat potato salad need teeth? <laughs> you think they want the potato salad? <laughs> this is this is a long-winded game they're playing. Once the teeth get back into a human's mouth, they're completely out of luck. <laughs> they can't get them back. So they crash into the uh, the the. I keep on wanting to say a herd of ducks, a herd of ducks, but it's a flock of geese. Tommy loses hold of the teeth, and there's a great shot of them flying over the crowd, like up above. And Tommy's slowly shrinking downward. And what first it lands in the tuba and is like spinning around. <laughs> yeah, I, I love how it's like flying around the band. And Grandpa's just like watching them. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> how'd those get there? <laughs> uh, and then as they roll off of the uh, the trombones, uh, 
slide. He reaches up, grabs them, dips them in the conductor's water, throws them back in his mouth, and has what the conductor describes as a spirited finish. You know, that tuba player wasn't quite as disgusted whenever the teeth went down into his tuba <laughs> as he was. When he thought when he, he ate eating. potato salad? Yeah. Or teethy it, potato salad? I think it would be more disgusting to eat potato salad with dentures in them than it would be yeah, to play a tuba probably. with dentures in them. <laughs> At least he's blowing out. I think this uh, this conductor looks a lot like the uh, shop teacher from Little Dude. I like to imagine it's his father. <laughs> It, it It is the same character design. I, I, I looked back at it and the character in the shop teacher uh, looks a little bit younger and has more hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the voice is different, too. So, yeah, I, I am, right. I'm, I'm officially right. establishing that this is the shop teacher's dad. <laughs> I, I'm going to agree with you. We're going to create our own uh, continued Rugrats stories here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the alternate ones. That yeah. come later. <laughs> There's a moment after the uh, after the. When Lou gets the teeth back, we see like the ducks scattering and they're just like, honk, 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 just like normal geese sounds like running. <laughs> it's like they're, they no longer seem threatening. <laughs> it's like I like to imagine that's how the adults see them. It's just like they're just geese. I mean, like the Tommy and Chucky didn't run away till that one goose had teeth. <laughs> it's the teeth. They're powerful. <laughs> Grandpa's teeth hold great power. It's not just the power to play the uh, the trumpet. It's. To control the something. <laughs> I, I think that lady in this that uh, we theor- theorize was supposed to be Chucky's mom. Yeah, she's in um, a, like a corner of a shot. Yeah, she's like in the corner of if, like the shot, like right around this time. Yeah. And so that makes me think that like one of these veterans is like Chucky's grandpa that they never established. That would make sense. Do we ever and, see Chaz in this episode? There's a guy that kind of looks like Chaz, but his face is partially covered okay. in another shot. So, but possibly, the, yeah, you you might be right. But the the main lesson of this episode is expressed by Chucky. Boy, being all the scary, your teeth come out and get lost, and sometimes big ducks eat them. Yeah, maybe it's better to keep your stuff right where it is. <laughs> <laughs> And then the uh, the old guy comes by with the toupee yeah. and mo- like mops, his. mops his brow. <laughs> Chucky, let me see something. Tommy, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's kind of a great moment that um, if you've ever been to like a family picnic or some kind of outing, like if there's a band playing or some kind of event, there's always people that watch for a little while and then they just kind of walk away. And you see the crowd slowly dispersing, and then we fade out. Kind of a yeah, true they were to like, life. They kind were of impressed thing. for a few seconds. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "All right, that's enough." Before we do anything else, at the top of the episode, I forgot to announce that, or not announce, but uh, say that this episode was written by Ben Herndon, who also uh, wrote the pilot, hmm. and he was the only other like thing that I even could say anything about. Is he was like the producer of a documentary about the fourth Harry Potter movie. <laughs> something we're real thrilled about yeah he didn't have like a <laughs> an extensive career in i don't know in the industry that at I least that was see. produced i mean um, that's... and then and margot pipkin this is the <clears throat> only rugrats episode that she worked on uh was a producer on early simpsons uh the cartoon shows Bon bonkers quack pack and Duckman. that's a pretty i don't know all of those but that's a pretty good pack of shows yeah a couple of those are uh disney 
ones. And there's obviously Duckman as another Klasky Chupo. Yeah. So have you watched anything else recently that you want to make note of, or do you have a surprise for me? So uh, for this episode, <laughs> it's not a completely new story, but it's uh, building the lore of Rugwraiths. Oh, okay. So, uh, if you don't know, Rugwraiths is kind of like the tree uh, treehouse of horrors with the Simpsons, only a lot dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Based off of the, uh, the uh, Rugrats theory, which is like a stupid creepypasta thing where Angelica imagines that the babies are all still alive or something. As <laughs> <laughs> the, the weeks go on, I'll forget the, the real source of this. The Rugrats Edgelord. The Rugrats Edgelord. As we have dubbed them on Tumblr. Okay. <laughs> so as you, as you may recall, during the events of Barbecue Story, Do killed Chucky's mom to replenish his burgers. <laughs> then while landscaping in the episode Moose Country, he hid the evidence. <laughs> Now he's brought the ribs to the pi- now he's brought ribs to the picnic. <laughs> and yes, you guessed it. She was once again using her for barbecue meat. <laughs> Spike, the truest and most just character on the show, knows the ribs are human. He snaps up grandpa's teeth as a protective barrier so no flesh touches his mouth. Then he takes uh, as much of the ribs as he can carry over to the duck pond to give her a proper burial. <laughs> <laughs> His heroic efforts are interrupted by an evil duck. We don't we don't see if he gets to finish his mission, but we do see that uh, Chucky's mom's ghost haunts the area. <laughs> she often Probably haunts veterans. Do I imagine? Yeah. <laughs> that that shot of her at the bottom left is just Stu like seeing her through like the gazebo. Yeah, it's just their ghost there. No one else can see. She doesn't move. <laughs> oh God. I love that it's continuing now. Yeah, I mean, it's easier to just like <laughs> build yeah. off of what you've already done. Yeah. I actually last night watched two really good docs, one more relevant than the other, but I'm going to talk about both. The first one was called Sam and Maddie Make a Zombie Movie. It's about two best friends in Providence, Rhode Island, um, who always want to make movies, um, and they have Down syndrome. And the one, I forget if, which, if it's Sam or Maddie, uh, but their older brother is, a, uh, I'm assuming, a film student in New York City. Um, and he decides to help them make their dream zombie movie a reality. The movie is about them making this, or the doc is about them making the movie. And the last, I want to say, third of the documentary is actually their zombie movie, which periodically pauses and they'll show a bit about how they made a specific scene. Very heartwarming, very fun. They're like two horny college bros. <laughs> it's it's kind of great. I would recommend it. It's it's very heartwarming. And I love movies about making movies. So yeah, Sam and so, Maddie make a zombie movie. I would highly recommend it. You, it's a documentary, so this is yep. actually them making the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And starring in it. Uh, like, okay. <laughs> they're like... They're like that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's 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 a good movie. They're like the college bros and the devils in it, and they're zombies and demon zombies, and like someone from Jersey Shore appears in it, and it, it's just <laughs> it's kind of bat of a batshit crazy movie, but uh, great documentary. And the more relevant one that I watched was the Orange Years, uh, which is the story of Nickelodeon and how it was founded, the story of its bigger shows. And really interestingly, 
where they end the documentary is right where I think I hit the age that I stopped watching Nickelodeon. There were only one or two shows throughout that they mentioned that I never got into at all. And there is a significant portion about Rugrats. They interview Paul Germain specifically, where he says when he was a little kid, his little brother was born. He's like a week old and he's like looking at him in his crib and his eyes can't focus yet. And he's drooling all over himself. And (laughs) he said, like, as a little kid, he's like, there's no way this little thing is that helpless. I bet the second I leave the room, he's going to stand up and start talking. (laughs) (laughs) So that's part of the genesis of Rugrats. And then another thing, he talks about the uh, ugly baby thing, how they didn't want the babies to be cute. They wanted them to be ugly. And like, apparently there were some people that were like disturbed by the way the babies looked. (laughs) And they talk about it's like, have you ever actually seen a baby, especially a new one? They're not that cute. They're pretty disgusting (laughs) and weird looking for a while. I I would highly, highly recommend it. It goes into the full evolution from when it started as uh, Pinwheel and I believe 1979 and eventually became Nickelodeon up to the point where the person who was the president left the company. It seems like she left because it was maybe becoming too big. I guess Dora the Explorer and SpongeBob were like the shows that like really, really like took it to like billion dollar corporation status. Did she leave completely of her own volition? Yeah, completely of her own volition. Shareholders. She she left on on her own volition. At least that's how the documentary frames it. Although, which is funny because she left because it seemed like because it was too big, and then she went to Disney. (laughs) Yeah. So okay. But uh, again, I would highly recommend it. Uh, The Orange Years, the story of Nickelodeon. Very, very good documentary. And uh, you just reminded me, we haven't talked about it, but we found like a a four-year-old article interviewing Paul Germain in Entertainment Weekly where he talks about Chucky's mom and the transition from dumb baby episodes to second season episodes. Yes. So basically, it's his fault we don't get more dumb babies. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's yeah, it's it's essentially that the writers, the creative team in general, were just tired of Tommy going to a place and wreaks havoc. And like, that's okay. (laughs) I was just going to say, not every episode has to be that. But no, 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 no. Just sprinkle in one or two a season. Yeah. And then uh, with Chucky's mom, she wasn't really supposed to be an absent character he didn't even remember that they mentioned her really he's like he kind of had like some vague memory that yeah. maybe they did but they they did mention her a few times and uh he said that they you know at some point they got to the point where they were like well either uh Chaz is divorced mm-hmm. or uh Chucky's mom died and yep. Nickelodeon didn't want to go either direction they thought it was too heavy for the kids show and then once they left and Rugrats was like super big they, they just like uh pulled the trigger and they killed Chucky's mom. Yeah, officially. <laughs> and and the same with what they wanted to do a Hanukkah episode, too. And the Nickelodeon's like, no, we can't do that. But you can do Passover. And then they eventually made the Hanukkah episode. So I don't know. I, I remember he described the uh, the Mother's Day episode or whatever, whatever as maudlin. <laughs> that's I watched that, uh, I think, last weekend. And that's kind of a perfect description. Yeah, so... Uh... You know, much love to Paul Germain and a little bit of hate for killing the dumb baby episodes. <laughs> Paul Germain, come on the show and explain yourself. We're big stars, don't you know? Just write like some scripts for us that you don't even have to go before. <laughs> before. <laughs> Just 
<laughs> Give us a little taste. Or do you have some like old dusty ones in a sh- in a drawer somewhere that we can read? Oh God, reject Rugrats scripts. I want that so much. <laughs> you 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 would think there would almost have to be. Yeah, like a dozen of them at least. Yeah, because I mean, how many? There's 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 so much shit and different versions of episodes too. I would love to read like early versions of existing scripts to see stuff that didn't make it. I know, I know. I, I'm sure somebody had. It might even be available online somewhere, and we haven't yeah. searched right. Yeah, we we haven't been doing our job. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we, what happens when you have free labor. We don't put our full hearts into it. No, that's not true. But we yeah, don't put full I, effort. <laughs> we essentially we don't have like <laughs> we have real jobs. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> like most, I'm sure most podcasters do. So it's not an excuse, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't really have a ton of time to work on this. We do the best we can with the, the time we have. And we like to bust our own balls. Yeah. But not as much as John's. Oh, wait, <laughs> we said we were going to say something nice about him. I said he was tall. He had a car before any of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you brought me to another thing I could talk shit about him. He is an insane driver. Is he still? I don't know if he is now. I was in a car with him in 2019 going to an AEW show and but his wife drove because we'd been drinking all day. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like picture picture, if you will, dear listeners, being at a stop sign and there being another stop sign within sight that is maybe like two houses down. Picture your driver slamming down on the gas as hard as possible to go as fast as possible to this other stop sign and then slamming on the brakes. <laughs> and he always drove that little car like didn't have a trunk. The Hyundai accent. Is that what it is? I think that's what he had. And it was red. Oh, I, I remember I his old blue car. Or no, it was blue. It was blue. You're right. You're right. But yeah, John, terrible driver. <laughs> Great friend. Great friend. Terrible driver. <laughs> Okay, so the second segment that we watched for uh, this episode of Because I've Lost Control of My Life is entitled Mama Trauma. Tommy's been acting strange. He's only one year old, and he's humming old folk melodies, and his reach (laughs) is much higher than a baby's should be. Dee Dee begins to suspect that he might have an underdeveloped psychokinetic gland, and the only answer is to take take Tommy to a shrink. When the emotional wreck stew becomes the center of attention, Tommy takes his chance to wreak havoc on the office building. <laughs> that description is like a sidequel to rug rates. It's it's like <laughs> not not if they're dead, just if they were evil babies. Speaking of evil monster babies, do you know about the uh, horror series? It's alive. Uh, yeah, I think I remember seeing it on Monster Vision a long time yep, ago. Yep, that's actually where I saw it, too, as a little kid on Monster Vision. Uh, shout out to Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, it's been so long. I think I always always thought of the title They Live, and I knew that was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but yeah, it's uh, they're they're about giant monster babies that kill people. And uh, I have not it's, seen it since Monster Vision. So that's saying something. Um, are they giant? <laughs> uh, there's there's a third one called it's alive three i imagine that island of the alive 
um, where all of these like mutant babies are taken to an island to like live live on their own, and like the dad of one of them, like the main one from the first two, I guess, he goes there, and they're all like giant and like ultra muscular and stuff. <laughs> but anyway, we're talking about realistic babies on Rugrats. <laughs> okay, so uh, this episode was written by the writing team. They te- tend to write together on Rugrats. Uh, Steve Vixton and Joe Ansalaba here. Mm. And uh, you might know Steve Vixton as the voice of Oscar Kakashka on Hey Arnold. Oh, wow. He also, he also uh, worked on that in The Simpsons in Recess. That's cool. I didn't know Man. that. Uh, unfortunately, though, um, <laughs> I give you some cool news. He unfortunately died in 2014, so that's sad. <laughs> if you love me, then make me a sandwich. So good. That's, that's <laughs> the only line I remember from Hey Arnold. So far, what we've uh, what we've talked about on our podcast, they've wrote a barbecue story and baby commercial together. Solid episodes. I mean, <laughs> we're still on season one. There are none that I don't like or that I assume that we don't like. But yeah, as your uh, description of the your synopsis or summary of the episode sums up, describes, uh, we open with Tommy coloring on the wall and humming. And I love that there's no music. It's just Tommy humming. Yeah, and uh, it's probably some older or more famous melody that I can't quite place, but it sounds almost exactly like the song uh, That Silver-Haired Daddy of Mine by Gene Autry. I'm more familiar with the uh, Everly Brothers version from their album Songs Our Daddy Taught Us uh, in 1958. Pretty good song. It's a it's a sweet song. Sad. A wistful song, I'd call it. <laughs> Tommy's, Tommy's a sad artist. I imagine he heard this song from Grandpa Lou's records. Probably. What he, what he, one of his, he's drawing here, and after he's done humming, he says, Beautiful. That's one of his yeah. only lines in the episode. This is a mostly dumb baby episode. Yeah, this is, uh, I think, the penultimate dumb baby episode. If I'm remembering correctly, I think uh, Incident on Aisle 7 or whatever is like a partial dumb baby. I think it, he, he, that is a dumb, definitely a dumb baby episode. So if if that's it, I believe that's the last one we get. Oh man, we're gonna have to like play taps or something. <laughs> <laughs> taps for the dumb baby episodes. <laughs> this rug race episode is about the death of the dumb baby episodes. <laughs> it's about the the baby the the rug wraiths coming back to life to kill the writers for killing the dumb baby episodes. <laughs> it's like one of the side movies, like the later Hellraisers, where they're in space. <laughs> Man, a lot of iconic like horror movies like that really go downhill with sequels. But like Hellraiser one is amazing. Hellraiser two is okay. Everything after that is just trash. And like, and for the most part, not even like enjoyable trash. The Friday the Thirteenth sequels, they're all bad. But there are some that are like even more entertaining than others because they just like lean into the camp. And yeah, but like with Hellraiser, they just like dropped off a fucking cliff after episode or after <laughs> the second movie. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> that's the second reference to Hellraiser we've made on this podcast. You with your Cena bites. We're basically going to like it's going to be like 90 percent regrets, 10 percent horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even think you're as big of a horror movie fan as I am. I do like horror movies quite a bit, though. OK, I know. I just remember in high school introducing you to a lot of them, but those movies those. <laughs> <laughs> cut to shot of Adam in high school seeing Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger 4 and being mortified. 
I think you said I think you said since though you would probably enjoy it now. Yeah, I mean <laughs> you weren't exposed to such chaos yet. Completely lacking any taste. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no I think I, I don't th- I think I've been desensitized <laughs> quite a bit since then. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, even know if I'd call trauma movies horror. No, movies. they're it's like if anything, it's a horror comedy. I, I know the at least the intention with the very first Toxic Avenger was it to be a, uh, a horror comedy, even though the monster is the hero. Shout out to Toxie and Troma, Tromeo and Juliet though. That's a that's a great fucking movie. Yeah, I watched that one with Stacy like last year. <laughs> oh, what do you think about it? Um, I think she was kind of entertained. And kind of like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Kind of like, why are we watching a softcore porn? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing about trauma movies that drives me nuts is like, I get that it's like low budget. Like, you got to get your nudity in there. But it's just like, come on, get past this and get to the gore. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the penis monster. Oh, it- Penis monster should get his own spinoff. <laughs> By the way, this the is a podcast film. about Rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get back to this episode. <laughs> We're causing mama trauma. I, I, I love in Tommy's drawings, like how the perspective is so weird. Like I referenced it in the summary, but he's reaching up near the light switch. Yeah, <laughs> that's either a really low light switch or he's can levitate that's how they that's how they can afford, afford this house on, such a, on, on uh, Stu being self-employed it's and built for very Edie small being people a teacher <laughs> it's like not built to code <laughs> just like it's like the flanders house oh, whenever yeah. they rebuild it after, yeah. <laughs> after the, what was it a hurricane or something or uh yeah it was after the hurricane like uh <laughs> the simpsons were like oh it didn't even touch our house and then flanders house is ruined and then <laughs> they all rebuild it for him and it's just like the ceiling's like curving down and like I, I, yeah the the, the perspective the joke about perspective in that yeah where if from like the one side it looks normal but as he gets closer he gets bigger <laughs> like willy wonka stays small yeah. <laughs> That reminds me of when I was uh, looking for a house in grad school before I lived in the uh, the university's apartments. I looked at this house that we got there to look at it and it didn't look that great. And then the 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 landlord was inside eating grapes around a table with all these random people. And the smell of weed was very thick in the air, to say the least. And he's showing us around the house and like the frame of the door is like leaning <laughs> on every single door frame and i'm like why is this leaning he's like oh yeah we've been condemned we're hoping to fix that by the time someone moves in <laughs> and then like the, the foundation is yeah like, it's like slipping collapse. like the whole like, it's like the leaning tower of pisa or something <laughs> uh and then he takes us to the second floor and like in what would be a bedroom there's like a sleeping bag and all these all this clothing and stuff and i'm like what's all this and he's like Oh, I'm letting my buddy stay here while he gets on his feet. And I'm just like, that's nice, but like, fuck. Like, I don't. And then he like wanted to charge like 50 bucks extra a month for like pet rent, which is like Uh, even more than like a fucking corporate housing place would charge. Well, you know that pets might destroy a house. (laughs) (laughs) Or take teeth. Oh, God. Fuck. But anyway, back to Rugrats again. So Dee Dee decides that drawing almost the last straw and she needs to take Tommy to a psychologist. And she has a great scream. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I remember I was looking at the Simpsons wiki and it said that that was her first scream in the series. I don't 
really remember if that's true. They also said it was the first time Stu cries. I know that's not true because he cried during the Dummy Bears movie. Or when Tommy's first birthday, too. Donkey Bow Wow was my favorite story. He cries in the first fucking episode. (laughs) They established in the very first episode that Stu has deep emotional trauma relating (laughs) to his brother. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, screw you. (laughs) Yeah. No. Dumbasses. (laughs) Dumbasses. <laughs> I'm, ki- I'm kidding. You guys, uh, you guys are great. Yeah, probably. This episode could just be called Stew Trauma. <laughs> I like whenever they're going up to the office and like to show that how destructive Tommy is. He just rips the nipple off his bottle and, and then tosses it. it, and he's like laughing. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of upset that we don't get to see the aftermath of him throwing the bottle. Yeah. They just kind of head away. But anyway, they they get into a famous psychiatrist. It is not Dr. Lipschitz, it is Dr. Lepetamine, which is a great reference. Do you know the reference uh, to Lepetamine? No. Lepetamine no, <laughs> was a famous French flatulist. That is a professional farter. <laughs> yes, okay. this is true. So uh, I guess we know <laughs> if we didn't already get their uh, imp- impression of uh, the field of psychology. <laughs> <laughs> We get a we we knowing that reference (laughs) that change your view of this. We now do. (laughs) Does this change your view or is it just like, okay, yeah, that makes even more sense. It it reinforces my my view of their view. (laughs) (laughs) I have in my notes. Lepetamine was a famous French flatulist, a.k.a. pro farter. (laughs) Did you already know that? I did already know that. I did already know that. I don't know why I knew that. But uh, I did know that. I hope oh, the microphone picked that up. That. Matthew's in the field of flatulence. <laughs> the field of flatulence. Can you imagine a time in French history where you could make a living as a professional farter? No, that'd be so good. <laughs> Better than breaking your bones. <laughs> <laughs> Grinding them to a fine powder. So anyway, they go to the fart, the fart doctors. <laughs> Stu completely doesn't want to go. No. He is uh, he's against it. Uh, he's got his own anxieties about uh, psychiatry. Didi's too gung ho for it because you can't do anything with a one year old <laughs> psychologist. I don't believe. But she's throwing so many theories out there, too, like, including the uh, psychokinetic gland. Yeah. Under- psychokinetic gland. Did you say it was overactive? Something? Underdeveloped. Underdeveloped. OK. Psychokinetic would be like telekinesis. <laughs> Telekinetic fart doctor. <laughs> so, Dee Dee's like a real like new age mom. She like <laughs> she uh she, she thinks that Tommy's an indigo child. <laughs> and what's an indigo child? <laughs> there was like a, a trend probably about 15 years ago, maybe longer. I don't know how long it lasted, but basically a bunch of parents with uh, children that they thought were extra special had an indigo aura about them. And uh, they had you know, tremendous empathy or uh, special <clears throat> abilities. It's basically a bunch of more dumb shit, really. Yeah, the Rugrats um, theory person, if they weren't dark. So if, if you were like <laughs> into sh- shit as a teenager uh, and you'd read like about UFOs and ghosts and stuff, you'd, you'd also run into the Indigo Children article. <laughs> OK, I see. I see. I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised you hadn't heard of them. The term, you said it, the term sounded familiar, but uh, I mean, how much fucking shit has happened over the last couple of years that Indigo Child just like went out? <laughs> yeah, no, but nobody says anything about it. The Indigo Children anymore. <laughs> it 
They're very they're neglected children. <laughs> all indigo children are now neglected. <laughs> now they're all like adults. They're all like they're all podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to episode eight, in which we are now the Indigo Children. <laughs> so uh, inside the office, yeah, yeah, she's like, she has all these theories about what's wrong with Tommy, and he's just like doing tic tac toe on his board. Mm, I see. Hmm, I see. Yeah, then Stu starts to like lash out a bit, and then he he like goes into a deep depression <laughs> immediately, and. Uh, Yes. Would you describe yourself as a happy person? <laughs> well, geez, I never. <laughs> I never thought of it. <laughs> oh, did you notice also he goes to leave and like the secretary is like listening at the bottom of the yeah. door? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't know. I don't know what she wants to hear. She wants to hear the dirt. Like, weird secrets of a, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> a baby. What is this baby dumb that they brought into us? <laughs> She's heard about the time that he uh, he went to a uh, oh god what episodes have happened already and he's caused this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> any of the dumb baby episodes she's heard about this kid. Oh, this is the baby that fell <laughs> two stories <laughs> at the baseball game. <laughs> That's right, and destroyed the movie theater with three other hoodlum babies. And so yeah, when Stu uh, starts talking to this uh, psychologist, they leave the door open and Tommy uh, again. Yes. Again, they, Tommy <laughs> takes his opportunity. He's sees an open door. He's going through it. He's a, he's an explorer by nature. He is destructive. And still at this point, he hasn't yet developed his sense of justice. Although in the yeah, last I episode, I guess he has. I guess that's maybe the, one of the first signs of it. That, that's just it budding. It hasn't yeah. fully developed yet. <laughs> so he's out in the uh, in the, the waiting room of the, the office and he sees some kids walking by and he's like, "Ooh, more kids. And this is where my perhaps my favorite Mark Bothersbaugh composition of the entire series is. <laughs> and it goes, it's, uh, it's repeats throughout the entire fucking episode. Like, I think that's what makes it stand out to me so much. Like, anytime he sees these kids and, <laughs> and he's waddling around, like... <laughs> he also first causes trouble for this, uh, elderly janitor who <laughs> is not used to uh these newfangled contraptions to clean the building he he wishes an he wishes for an old dirt Do sucker old-fashioned dirt sucker <laughs> come sean newfangled contraptions with the rebar hoses give me a good old-fashioned dirt sucker any day i told him that they should put one of them things in but would they listen to me he's uh this is uh, the voice actor, uh, Brian Cummings, and I think he also does one of the old shuffleboard people in uh, in uh, Grandpa's Teeth. Okay, that would make sense. Uh, he provides some good old people voices. Yes, um, and he reminds me very specifically of an old person I worked with in 2005 and 2006. Uh, I mentioned in a previous episode that I worked in a restaurant as a dishwasher. There was this old guy that I worked with who was also a dishwasher named Jim. And he reminds me of him so much. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he would always be like, uh, he'd always want to make sure the garbage was taken out before it was taken, like before it got too full. He's like, I'm going to go get that garbage out. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, and then like once a week, like he's like, boy, it's payday. After this, going to go have a few beers. <laughs> 
Kind of sounds Canadian, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. But uh, great old guy. But uh, some of the ways he would complain about the way things were done and like, like he was put upon, like totally reminds me of this grizzled worker person. Like Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of put upon. But yeah, um, good dude. Really like that guy. So even though Tommy wants to go play with these kids, clearly, <laughs> he takes a, a few diversions. He goes into the Sockum and Suum and Martial Law office, <laughs> and he does his one act of good in this episode. Yeah, he uh, sometimes his destruction actually is good for the for good. He prevents an innocent man from going to jail. Yeah, one out of twenty. <laughs> <laughs> this is it—the case we've been looking for. You're brilliant. <laughs> the older the older lawyer says that, and like. They're like in the background and in the foreground. We see Tommy walking away. <laughs> like it's just, it's just great. It's just a baby's accident. He's just trying to, uh, you know, adjust his karma a little bit so he doesn't quite go in the negative yeah. for the rest of the episode. <laughs> you know, you 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 save an innocent person from going to jail. You get to ruin and cock block a painter, <laughs> <laughs> which is the next thing that happens. <laughs> Jace, let me get into position. Music and this so is good. Michael Bell again, uh, Drew Pickles okay. doing the painter. No! Yes! No! 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 <laughs> of course, this is after Tommy has stepped on a, uh, a tube of paint and given her a fancy goatee. <laughs> Mustachio. This is why you don't leave your paint on the floor. Yeah! <laughs> really just a careless painter here it's nothing to do with the baby yeah there's this like a large wealthy woman who commissioned him to paint her and he apparently you know (laughs) wants to date her yeah Uh, he's got like champagne and stuff ready and he's painted her very flatteringly until tommy gives her a mustache yeah i would say it's a stylish mustachio but what do i know you know uh next he goes out and he finds the kids in the uh, snow steal and trick them agency. Some baby commercial. Yep. So they got their fingers in lots of different pies. Yeah. Diapers, toys, <laughs> anything relating to babies. <laughs> They're like Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> I love that Tommy goes in there. Well, first he asks the other kid, hey, hey, what is this? And it's like, hey, they give you toys to play with. Then he calls it hang around, something like that. Um, yeah. And <laughs> the uh, after the the ad exec gets everyone's attention after screaming over children fighting and parents talking. Parents, children, may I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? Thank you. <clears throat> he says uh, something about the toy being for that fickle pre-adolescent market. <laughs> <laughs> and all their disposable income. Yeah. Super blast. I, like, uh, I like this ad agent's uh, design. His suit reminds me of David Byrne from the Talking Heads. Because <laughs> it's enormous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it's like in, in the one uh, episode of Doug where they start the band and Doug has the giant suit, which may be a reference to that. Yeah, I, I believe that's assume. also a reference to it. That's it's so funny, like the thing that <laughs> penetrated children, the things that penetrated <laughs> children's cartoons back then. Great references. 
Uh, so yeah, Super Blasto Man, a little robot toy with like little hook claw hands, got a ball that launches out of its chest. All the kids just like pick it up and are just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> they all look bored. And then Tommy, of course, being a, the lover of balls that he is, uh, takes it out. This ultra bouncy ball. <laughs> and they're like, hey, look what that kid did. And uh, that's not how you're supposed to play with Super Blasto Man. Even though at the <laughs> beginning he said, uh, play with them any way that you want, kids. Yeah, because liars. Because <laughs> ad executives. But yeah, kids love balls. As they should. Um, great. <laughs> yeah, Tommy's favorite toy in previous episodes is a ball it's that his grandpa got him, so yep. they're just fun to bounce. Yeah. <laughs> so he ends up throwing the ball out of the ad exec's office, and uh, it goes down the hall and ends up in, like, a water fountain or something. It, was, it wasn't It was a water fountain. It an was, ashtray? like, an ashtray. Yeah. Okay. Also, I like and every it, time Every time it bounces, it makes that, like, bounce. But like there's music like with the beat every time it hits. A nice little touch. Yeah, it does do that most times. I did notice that too. Tommy to come get it. He climbs up on like the floor waxer (laughs) or whatever that is. Floor scrubber. Of our grizzled worker person. And he uh, turns it on while the old grizzled worker person tries to plug it in. And this thing's got like the longest cord ever. Yeah. He could do an entire floor with one uh, one plug. He's like complaining because he can't find the plug at first. Like, no, where's that? That corn, Sean? Well, I'm going to tell you, me, the dirt chuck. I'm an expert on dirt. This guy's voice has got to be like a caricature of like some something, some actor that was like emblematic of an earlier time. I know what it is. Walter Brennan. I don't know that you're a fan of Westerns, but he, he was like a comedian and did a bunch of stuff. But there's a John Wayne movie called uh, Rio Bravo, where he plays like an elderly sheriff's deputy. And he's like, considering what I have to do around here, the sweeping and the cooking and the, the nurse made that killing back there. Not even a thank you do I get. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. like that's that's like a line that he says. And he's like, he's like, uh, he talks about, I brought us some dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. Hi, uh, if you're a fan of uh, Westerns or even of just good movies, I'd highly recommend to everybody out there check out Rio Bravo. But I digress. I, I never thought about that. I, I do think that's based on Walter Brennan. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the voices they do on this. I think later on in the Grand Canyon, one of the mechanics also has like an old Western voice, too. Yeah. But we'll get there when we get to it. Yep. So the floor waxer is rolling down and knocks over two secretaries carrying jet uh, stacks of files and papers, which would be a giant pain in the ass having worked in uh, filing and that kind of thing before. Yeah, they get knocked over twice because then (laughs) after this thing is unplugged, the cord retracts, grabs the janitor and drags him along as they're getting up and he knocks into them, too. And I love the shots of this, like the camera goes up his nose, basically, a couple of times <laughs> as he's coming toward it. This Not only is it the longest plug or cord ever, it's like it's the strong. strongest retraction because <laughs> like, that pulls him. Also, the, the, <laughs> the one lady that gets knocked over is like sitting on her butt. She's just like her mouth hanging open, like <laughs> it's the same position both times. Somehow Tommy ends up in a mailbag. I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> happens uh is this a uh a uh precursor to the mail episode <laughs> tommy develops a, a taste for being in mail bags <laughs> he just loves getting into everything 
whatever is in front of them. <laughs> I mean, have you have you ever? I mean, obviously you have, but like if you see a little kid playing, especially a really little kid, their attention span is so short. I was at uh, my friend Chubbs's house one day, and his his little kid was like uh, watching a wrestling pay per view with us. And then he would get up and walk over to something, take our shoes, like take them to a different part of the room, and like la- leave them there. And then go in another room, play with toys, leave, come back, grab the shoes, take them into his room, put them in his toy box, come back, watch more wrestling, jump on the couch for a while, like just no focus. It's just like, it's just like all over the place. It's a lot like how I operate. <laughs> You're always just moving your shoes around. Yeah. <laughs> That's my main hobby. And put them in your toy box. So he ends up in this mail uh, cart because the waxer or scrubber launches him into yeah. it. And, uh, that happens that the mailboy is taking the mail to Dr. Lepetta Main's office and he's got a crush on the secretary. Ton of mail for Dr. Lepetta Main. Over there. So, Natalie, you want to go out with me tomorrow night? Not for all the gold in China. How about for a chili dog, two cokes, and a box of raisinets? What time can you pick me up? <laughs> huge braces. But you don't immediately looks, see. Yeah, he's got a big pompadour, too. Mm. I had a huge pompadour when I went to the store today, by the way. Just like naturally did that and I just left it like that. (laughs) (laughs) It has since gone down. But yeah, like all the golden china is not enough to woo her into a date, but a chili dog, two cokes, and a box of raisinets, that's that's how you charm a lady. Yeah. (laughs) And so um Tommy just ends up back in the office. Yep. They never noticed he was gone, like usual. (laughs) And Stu was like And that's when I realized that I was a late bloomer, doctor. I was an ugly duckling who would become a swan only a year or two later than the other kids. At least that's what my mommy said. I'm sorry, Miss Biggles, but your 55 minutes are up. What? I was just getting started. And then it's like time for the session to be over and we don't get to hear more of Stu's trauma, sadly. And I like how uh, he's like talking about how we've come far and stuff and like yeah. uh, we've been taking our family for granted and Katie just like glares this look. And and and. Dr. Lepetamine's just asleep, and it's just Dee Dee listening to him at this point. Like, she may as well be the psych. Yeah, and he just needed to talk about some <laughs> things, I guess. I mean, that's probably, like, what they were getting at. that <laughs> Throughout all you know, of season one. <laughs> that sh- yeah, that shrinks are overpriced. I'm not so sure about his qualifications. Indeed. $250. Yeah. He sleeps and plays tic-tac-toe. <laughs> that was a big thing in the 90s, like, uh... <laughs> kind of shaming people for going to see psychologists and i mean like you know maybe people do make too big of like small things in their lives but i I think think it 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 does help a lot of people yeah maybe frazier changed that (laughs) i never watched frazier i didn't either i only watched cheers but he starts on cheers so yeah i liked cheers up through season five and then just like "Eh." but i like how (laughs) toward the end of this i bought tommy when he's playing with the ball a couple of times goes that's yeah that's so random i love it though (laughs) maybe he's imagining the robot shooting it out did we mention that the ad execs do not want this ball to get out of the building no (laughs) they're like we need to seal off this floor that ball won't get anywhere (laughs) and it ends up back in the elevator as the as the 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 rich lady is storming out and then it bounces into her bag or no it just bounces after her yeah i thought it went into her bag I've got a part two of the rug race <laughs> for this episode. Okay. <laughs> um, there's not much to this one, but uh, 
Stu is afraid to go to the psychologist because he's afraid his dark secrets will come to light. He's on the verge of re- revealing his psychosomatic cravings when their hour is up. The building is also the site of the demon Snow, Steel, and Trickum's office. Sensing Stu's evil presence here, the demons are drawn to him, and so begins their interactions with the pickles and their acquaintances, because this happens before baby commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're the ones that then get the the commercial for uh, Phil and Lil. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's threads. Chronologically, in episode order, this does not happen before baby commercial. In Rugrats, it happens before baby commercial. (laughs) So two two really great segments of Rugrats, as always. But something there's there's a little secret that our our friend group has, and it's because of you, Adam. And it's not Rugrats; it's uh, it's your uncle's movies. So (laughs) how about you tell us a little bit about that? So uh, my uncle back in the 90s with his friend, uh, they made a few uh, <laughs> independent movies, I think, for a, a local basic access, public access, tele- public ass- access television channel. They were kind of like a horror, even no horror esque horror <laughs> crime, something <laughs> thriller. First one, very short, kind of like a. they came out on the uh it was like a gay channel in uh pittsburgh this was Um, his friend that like had connections with that right yeah his friend uh was definitely uh affiliated with them and who knows the extent that my uncle was right right uh, you know (laughs) as far as what's established they were good friends yeah do they still Um, know each other at all do you know I, i don't think they keep in touch very much but anyway they made a a first movie where uh, one character commits suicide and um, the other character cuts his eyeball out and then goes on a rant. <laughs> well, we, we need to mention first before the one character kills himself, he says, fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's not a very uh, emotional suicide. No. Isn't that uh, one like only like three minutes long or something? Yeah, that really short. Definitely five minutes or less. Yeah. In uh, the next one. There, they play a couple of bums that uh, yeah. are squatting in a an abandoned house, and then they kill people for money, <laughs> and then eventually kill each other. Or no, <laughs> my uncle's friend kills him, and then yeah. he takes a bunch of pills. He's, he's free of him and his abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Third movie, I'll just come out and say it's called Gloves. It's about a serial killer that is both obsessed with eyeballs and gloves. And he's a scientist. And he's a scientist. And he's <laughs> various times he's called Clive and Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I think his last name was Handrock. I, <laughs> I, I very distinctly remember the first time that you showed this to me. Like, I think you hadn't watched them in a while. And like, he'd been Mark the whole movie. And then suddenly he was Clive and you just <laughs> shouted at the TV. I thought his name was Clive. I guess I got that. <laughs> backwards but you know what i mean yeah anyway this movie uh it's it's low quality like the other ones but there is one notable it's got uh before anything listed on his imdb page it's got joe manganello <laughs> as a uh as a i, I see like a psychologist i was gonna say speaking of psychologists or psychiatrists i think that's what he was yeah and uh he's also addicted to cocaine <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he does a, a very funny performance in this, not intentionally funny. <laughs> well, maybe it, it's it's before uh, 
presumably before he had any muscles, definitely before he had facial hair and fame. Um, I didn't recognize him. My sister like texted me and she's <laughs> like, did you know there was a famous person in one of Uncle Frank's movies? And I'm like, what? And then she's like, Joe Manganiello. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Some true blood. <laughs> Get me some cocaine. Burns head, oh, eyes get really wide. Isn't there rumor, more uh, more of a legend among our friend group, that there actually is a fourth movie? There, there is a fourth movie. Oh, there actually uh, is a fourth movie. I have not seen it, but, uh, you know, occasionally I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll Google my uncle to see <laughs> what's come out. <laughs> And his friend, like yeah. I, I'm just like interested because my uncle, like not my uncle's friend, writes you know stuff about their past sometimes. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to, in like in a reminiscing perspective, to go back and read some of that. Yeah. And uh, he did mention that they made a fourth movie, and I, unfortunately, I haven't seen it. And I'm guessing the only way to see it is to write my uncle's friend and ask him for it. But I'm kind of worried that he'll know that I just want to make fun of it. So. <laughs> Do you have uh, not necessarily contact, but you do you have a way that you would contact your I, uncle's I friend? I, I could I could find him on Facebook. I was going to say, I guess we do live in the Internet age. But yeah, I got a I got to track that down. Eventually, I can't <laughs> go on forever without seeing the last movie. Yeah, the... I don't want to die without seeing movie number four. We got to see it together. Maybe if yeah. I do end up getting it, I'll have to save it until we're all together yeah. again. Oh, my God. In in, in John's <laughs> snake basement. But yeah, a lot of fun today, as always. Episode seven, seven, lucky seven of uh, because I've lost control of my life. Kind of crazy, man. I know it's it's so much fun to do, and even if we don't get anywhere, we've had somewhat of an uptick this last week. That was cool. Uh, obviously, this is a little bit delayed, so yeah. Because we record in advance, but it was really nice to see like more downloads than we ever had before. Yep. And it's suddenly. not like it's super impressive or anything, but like at the same, it's cool for us. And it's that's exciting. What like, yeah, just to have people listening to something we spend time on. Like, yeah. And seem to like. We, yeah. Even if we never make anything of ourselves out of this, it's cool yeah. that we get like a, a few dozen listeners <laughs> that keep uh, coming back or something, you know? What are we listening to and talking about next week? We've got real or robots. Oh, yes. And special delivery. I'm going to be like a goddamn. I already am like a goddamn broken record on this show. Just because I'm like, oh, I love that episode. Oh, that episode is so good. Oh, season one is so good. It's so different. Dumb babies. Mark Mother Spa. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, when we get to. Uh monster in the garage which will be the next week i do have a another little surprise i don't know how <laughs> what i can spin entertaining out of it but i did make a purchase uh related to that oh episode. you're playing it way in advance now uh well thanks everyone out there for tuning in as always and listening to our our lovely and highly entertaining ramblings it's a lot of fun for us and we really appreciate that you take the time out of your day to listen to us so thanks a lot uh, we will see you next week here with episode eight of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. See you next time. I felt like there was going to be bongo music at the end. <laughs> like what you heard? 
Tune in Sundays at 7 p.m. to all of your favorite podcasting platforms or go to lostcontrolpod.com for new episodes of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. You can also email us at lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. That's lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. They just didn't have any room for in this action-packed episode. Oh, please say that again. I couldn't hear you over my hacking a lung out.